everybody talks about youth sports, how bad youth sports is. Youth sports hasn't changed in 35 years. The reality of it, the actual games, yeah, we might play a little more games, but the reality of what's has changed in youth sports is we're becoming more selfish as a society. And so now it's what can youth sports do for my kid? It's not about putting my kid on a team and have them learn how to be a part of a team. If you're not developing this one kid, Hi, I'm Kelsey Carlson alongside my husband, Dave, with the My Sports Life podcast for Positive Coaching Alliance Minnesota, an organization that is dedicated to providing youth sports coaches training and dedicated to making youth sports a positive environment. Our guest today, Corey Kosky, former major leaguer, former third baseman for the Twins, also on the Positive Coaching Alliance board and somebody who has dedicated his life to making sure that youth sports is is a good, positive environment for the four boys that he and his wife are raising as well. Hi, Corey. How are you today? Good. Thanks, Kelsey. I'm doing good. Thanks. You know, Corey, you have a great story because you grew up in Canada and uh, you played a number of different sports. So growing up, um, playing a little bit of baseball, doing some volleyball, uh, a bunch of sports, and then growing up in rural Canada as well, what is the biggest difference you notice between the way sports was organized and how you played as a kid and how your boys are playing sports now? You know, the biggest thing is that there's playing a lot more. And so with baseball, for example, you know, I played 10, 11 games. And now they're playing 50, 60 games in the course of a course of a summer. And the same thing with hockey. Hockey, we might play 25 games. And now they're playing 55, 60 games. Wow. Uh, so this is a lot more games and a lot more practice where we do two to three times a week. Now they're doing six times a week. Is that all bad though? I mean, there's definitely, um, there are a lot more sports available to kids everywhere. Now it's the access is unbelievable. I grew up out in rural Indiana and we didn't have access to a lot of sports. I just didn't even learn how to play, uh, like golf or tennis or, um, some other sports. So is that all bad that, um, they're playing so much? I don't. Uh, I don't know. We know that their injuries are going up, and I don't. Uh, we know that uh, you know kids are uh, getting burnt out uh, playing sports. Uh, we're seeing an increase of kids quitting by certain ages. Uh, so I don't know. You know, it's depend on what you define as bad. Uh, you know, that's kind of one of those deals that kind of it's maybe in the eye of the beholder. But you know, these kids are. You know they're they're very active, and there's not a much as much time for free play, and you know. But if you don't allow them to put them in these situations, are they going to free play on their own? Because there's so many options that they can do in the house that doesn't require any really free play uh, with video games and just not getting out. And you know what's bad about it is I just don't think parents are playing as much with their kids as much as they did in the past. Uh, just going out, throwing a ball, playing catch, going out, shooting pucks in, in, in the outside uh, because, you know, parents are using the video games to uh, babysit. So it's bad that, you know, I just think that there's not enough in, much interaction with parents and kids as it once was because parents are doing their Facebook, their Instagram, their Twitter, all that mm-hmm. stuff. To, uh, and they, they're, they're just as addicted to the video games and the, the phones as, as the kids. And so there's a lot less interaction. So the parents just take their kids to the arena and just drop them off. Hopefully somebody else can teach them the life lessons. You know, I think you're talking about imagination. We need to inject a more imagination into our children's lives. Where do you, Corey, where do you draw the line when it comes to sports and letting your kids just be kids in free play? 
I don't know. It's such a uh, it's such a tough question because you, you you're in a culture. Was, uh, I have a lot more rain because I played baseball and, uh, that I don't get as much pushback from the parents. Uh, hockey, you got to do it follow the way the world does it or you're pushed out of hockey uh, <laughs> because you're 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 not doing a, a, a job to, uh, you're not doing a great job of developing these kids and so it's just really it, it's becoming more difficult as a coach to coach in certain ways and because now you have to answer everything to parents um, I know I'm not really answering your question because I, I don't know. I can't answer. I really can't answer that question where, cause I don't know where the, where that line is to draw. Yeah. I guess I'm asking uh, like, just, where, where is it, where is it too much? Like you notice that, you know what, I, this is sports is now taking these kids over. Like, where do you cut it off? The uh, number of sports that they play, the, the, the length of the season, because obviously you're a believer in, you know what, these kids just need to get outside and build a fort and play Nerf guns like, where do you draw the line as, as far as how much they play through the year? Yeah, well, what we're doing in our family is that basically, uh, look, you might find this is a kind of an interesting story is that, you know, and this happened the last four, five days. And so with our 13-year-old who is now going into Bantam, um, he is not, we're, we're, he's not doing any summer hockey camps. He's not doing any, any summer kind of stuff. Uh, we're just going to work uh, like he's going to run and we're going to do some stuff to the basic athletic stuff and just have him, you know, grow stronger and let his body rest. So it's about a four, he's taking about four months off. Mm. And so, you know, I'm seeing, seeing friends that we know in hockey and I'm like, hey, so what's your kid doing? And they're going, well, he's doing this camp, this camp, they're going all this stuff. And he's like, oh, what's what's Caleb doing? I'm like, well, he's not doing anything. He's We're going to do this. And, and they're like, oh. Good for you. Good, good for you. Because they think know. That, you think they're really on your side when they're saying good for you, or are they thinking, well, that's not how this should work? Well, no, because they, they, everybody's, everybody knows, everybody has the knowledge, but everybody's afraid to actually sacrifice, potentially sacrifice their kid <laughs> to this knowledge. They know what the good thing, the right thing is to do, but they don't, they don't want to do the right thing because somebody else, they're like, well, what if they're wrong? They know that their kid should take the summer off. They know that their kid should just play yeah. in the sand and the mud and all yep, that stuff. Yep, yep. But they're not willing to risk it. But like I said earlier, what does it mean for them to not sign up their kids to all this stuff? It means that they actually have to spend time with their kid. And when they spend time with the kid, it's actually hard because now they're not going to be able to do what they need to do. Oh. <laughs> so obviously you're sensing a little bit of uh, selfishness in today's parent. Everybody talks about youth sports, how bad youth sports is. Youth sports hasn't changed in 35 years. The reality of it, the actual games, yeah, we might play a little more games. You might do a this. But the reality of what's changed in youth sports is society around youth sports. We're becoming more selfish as a society. Uh, we're becoming more, you know, you look everywhere, self-help, 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 do it yourself, do it yourself. And we're, we're more focused on ourselves. So what, what happens from a societal standpoint? Well, we, we, we're becoming more we're selfish. And so now it's what can you sports do for my kid? It's not about putting my kid on a team and have them learn how to be a part of a team. If you're not developing this one kid, well, all of a sudden, guess what happens? Your, the parents are going to be on you because you're, you're doing a disservice to, to that kid because it's, it's not about the team anymore. It's about uh, their kid.
kid in the context of 50. This is, it's their kid, and there's 14 other kids that are playing on the team. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing for my kid? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I was going to add, I know we've talked about this before, Corey. There's that social aspect for the parents, too. They sign up with their friends to play on a certain league or for a certain camp so that yeah, they get to hang out with their friend group as well. Uh, well, yeah, and that's a big part of it. It's, it's a social, you know, that's, these are who your friends are going to be, uh, and you know I don't I don't know if that's necessarily bad uh, because there is a social dynamic in there, which is good. Our best friends are all people that we've either kids have gone to school with or played on the sport with it with it, and so and usually the people in sport are all are like minded and they're typically they're just, they're just good people. But it makes it hard to say. Well, we're going to take four months off, you know, because you like you feel like you're left out of the group even as a parent. Well, you know that's a great point because in the in the summer, you know, we look at, you know, our, you know, that's a social thing for the kids because they, all the kids play um, on a certain team and then they go after and they hang out after the practice. Um, and so it's, it's a little, little different. So let me ask you about growing up because you were talking about the selfish parents and maybe how they're just kind of focused on their conversation in the stands. I'm, I think I'm on the other end, and now Kelsey is too, where we're kind of like Phil's dad in Modern Family, where we're a little too gung-ho cheering for our kids in the stands. Like, we don't pay attention to anybody. It's like, yeah, everything they do is great. Where where were your parents growing up as far as the support when you were in sports? Well, I would hear my mom cheer, but there's, I don't have really any, you know, impactful memories of, like, just, that you know, they weren't crazy. But the thing with it is we had crazy like i know i like we had crazy parents on our team <laughs> you know i know like uh, you know my buddy chris toon his dad was crazy <laughs> uh, he, he would yell he would scream he would do all the stuff that you know everybody says it's so bad uh now and so it's not like you know craziness has all of a sudden just started in new sports <laughs> It's always been there. You told a story at a PCA breakfast a couple of years ago about your dad still struggling with the rules of baseball, even when you played at the professional level. He was a very supportive guy, but it doesn't sound like he put a ton of pressure on you to perform a certain way. He was happy for you. And I wonder, as a dad of four boys now, do you struggle with your role as a parent since you played at the highest level and you know what it takes to play at that highest level? um, Do you struggle to just be a parent sometimes? times to these kids uh yeah not really because i I know how hard it is i have this vision of what how uh, stuff should happen and my frustration is when i'm trying to teach it and they just have trouble have trouble grasping it i've learned to just kind of celebrate the successes and really try to bite my lip on this stuff because at the end of the day these kids aren't that good (laughs) and uh (laughs) you know it just it's is getting them in a situation where they just are they able to enjoy it and grow a passion uh, because that's kind of where no matter what you do it, there needs to be a passion there needs to be a passion behind that and if there's no passion behind that then you can't you're not going to you're not going to go anywhere and you know everybody loves to be good and everybody wants to be good um, but it's really hard to be good there seems to be some ending, some jealousy for people who are successful. Uh, and everybody wants to be successful and everybody wants to be rich and everybody, everybody wants their kid to be the best kid out there. And, but they don't realize it's really hard to be good. And unless you work really hard, 
and are really passionate about what you, about what you're working on, you're not going to be really good enough where you, you want to go. Where did your know. passion come from? Uh, you know, that's a great question because I have no idea. I've internalized that and processed <laughs> that and tried to figure that out to try to, you know, how do I give this, you know, how do you <laughs> kind of put kids in a situation to develop that passion? I don't, I don't know. You know, I can't motivate anybody. It's motivation is an internal thing. So my job is to try to put people and kids in situations in which they motivate themselves and try to remove the barrier. You sound like a great mentor. You really do. Your kids, now let's say your kids walk up to you. I mean, you've had a range of experiences that that the majority of us will never have. Um, your kid walks up to you and said, I want to be a major leaguer. I want to go to the pros. What do you say? I, uh, I say good luck because um, you need to be at the right spot at the right time and the right person has to see you doing the right thing because there's so many, so many kids out there that are really, really good. And you got to work, you know, that's the whole thing. You got to work hard to be good and you got to be good to be lucky. It's tough. I look back, I have no idea how I ever, number one got drafted or how I ever made it to the major leagues because there's just so many kids out there that are just so good now that I'm on the other side of it. Don't quite understand how that worked out. You know, I want to ask one other uh, question just about, you had a diverse sports uh, experience growing up, and you didn't even start in baseball in college, right? You went off to play volleyball. So Hockey. Hockey, okay. Hockey. Yeah. Oh, that's right, hockey. But you it's, also played volleyball in there too, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> so hockey is my favorite sport. Volleyball was my best sport. And I just basically played baseball to connect the, connect the two sports. Having all of those sports... And just having a break from one thing to do something else. And also the, just the dynamic from team to team is probably very different. So knowing what you had growing up compared to there's a little bit of a shift for parents to get their kids in one sport and sort of specialize at a young age. What do you say about all that? Well, the, 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 tough, the tough thing with that is, uh, like I, I kind of talked about earlier, it's, you know, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't have the passion, you're not going anywhere. And the passion, and, you know, I can typically tell the kids that are going to go somewhere are the kids who, it's what they do outside of the practice, uh-huh. outside of outside of the scheduled practices. You know, if a kid, you know, want, you know wants to play hockey somewhere, he's not going to go to the next level by playing, by practicing and his parents shuttling him around to this, to that, to that. You know, to really go to the next level, it's the stuff that the passion, he's got to be able to, go home and then go in the garage and stick handle for 10 minutes or 15, 20, 30 minutes and take shots and stuff like that. Uh, but we're not allowing this passion to grow uh, with, with these kids because there's a certain smell when you walk into a hockey rink that it gets really, it gets old if you're there all year. Mm. Uh, and I just, you know, after my hockey season, after my hockey season was over, I was done. I was mentally done, uh, and I just couldn't couldn't imagine going on to another hockey because I've spent everything in this into this hockey season. Yeah. I needed a break. For, I needed a break from hockey. Yeah. And and so, if I would have went on to the season after that, it would have been mediocre because I wouldn't have been able to have mentally engaged into that into that hockey. And so. And then I would have developed bad habits because when I'm not focused, if you're not focused as an athlete, 
Well, and you just go through the motions. Well, going through the motions, you start to develop bad habits, and uh, and then that, then you can't undo those habits. Uh, it takes a lot to really undo those habits. So I just shut her down at hockey, and then, you know, I'd had to do one hockey camp in the middle of the summer, and then from there, you know, there was this smells of the hockey rink that I just started craving. I'm like, gosh, I just want to play hockey. I want to play hockey. I want to play hockey. Yeah. And then when I finally got to hit the ice, it was 100% focused on what I needed to do to get better because I had to focus and energy behind because I haven't played it for four or five months. Last question here. You have your own webpage where you provide inspirational stories for young athletes. You've really made it a personal mission for yourself to be part of Positive Coaching Alliance and to try to have a positive influence on youth sports. So um, how do you want to make a difference? What do you see your role as in the future? Well, I think just a lot of it is just kind of uh, connecting, uh, connecting stories, connecting experience, connecting communities, uh, kind of a, a, a bridge uh, because and asking a lot of the difficult questions uh, because we we seem to go off and have we get stuck on headlines and there's no what are the questions behind behind the headlines uh, like for example the headline is 73 percent of the kids quit youth sports by the age of 13 well where did we get the data from who you know is this legitimate data how do we know this where do we like there's these questions questions beyond the questions because there's there's the story is out there, but nobody's really collecting the data. Uh, and so I would like to kind of help fill the blanks in that story and then start telling stories around because we all have dealt with adversity and playing a sport puts us in situations to deal with adversity and helps us develop some resilience and tenacity through those experiences. So, you know, just sharing these stories of all these people around that have dealt with adversity and what they've done, how they've been victorious in their adversity versus being a victim. Corey, I could talk to you for about two more hours <laughs> on this subject. Yeah, you're awesome. Uh, you're great. Right. And I, boy, right. it's very therapeutic to sit and talk about this. Yeah. I mean, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about things that I did as a kid, thinking about experiences I've had. It is good to struggle. That's what's great about sports. It's just really good to overcome something too, yeah. you know, and to feel yeah. to feel defeated too, to pick yourself yeah. back yeah. up yeah. after you've great point. lost yeah. something. So yep. this is an important cause because it really, at the end of the day, it's all about building good humans um, through sports yes. too. All right. Well, Corey, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Kelsey. To learn more about Positive Coaching Alliance, head to positivecoach.org. Get the latest episodes as they're released of the My Sports Life podcast by subscribing through iTunes. Follow our journey as we introduce you to coaches, athletes, and leaders who are trying to make a positive impact on youth and high school sports. Better athletes, better people. This is the My Sports Life podcast.